0: hello everybody and welcome to the 99th episode of the you thought sport podcast yeah 99 you, you heard that crazy. correctly um, crazy yeah yeah tune in next week for the yeah the big show but anyway we, we got a bunch to talk about today <laughs> uh, we're gonna be focusing on some college football and per usual we're gonna start out <clears> with <throat> the news we missed um, the biggest news and we're not really gonna miss this we're gonna discuss this a little bit during the episode um, but Bama lost um, and broke a bunch of exactly yeah everyone get hyped um insert the the crowd cheering noises um and all kinds of records were broken as a result finally one of nick saban's assistants beat him jimbo fisher uh they're now one in 24 against nick saban so nice job guys yeah um, i definitely <laughs> thought it was gonna
1: be kirby smart but not not.
0: Gonna honestly work, though. though right but yeah he was the odds-on favorite but go jimbo i guess
2: And uh, one of the other records broken was Bama had beaten 100 straight unranked teams, and the University of Notre Dame Fighting Irish now hold the longest streak of beating unranked teams at 36, I think it is. Oh, wow.
0: We have really tried to break that of late, though. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Despite our best (laughs) efforts. I saw um, a tweet. I don't
2: remember the exact wording, but it was the effect of, like, Notre Dame's season has the energy of the kid that finished every single essay on the bus to school. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: seriously. Like an, an A minus.
2: <laughs> seriously.
1: I feel like How that. many, <laughs> yeah,
0: go ahead field goals in like the last minute. Can we, yeah. Or OG. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Does it take? But anyway, that's a great segue, Lucas, uh, for ND's quarterback carousel. Keep spinning. Notre Dame beat Virginia Tech this weekend. Just barely. Jack Cohn started played what two drives three drives and then tyler awesome. buckner replaced him tyler buckner can run we, we we all know that um it is very clear at this point that he cannot pass he threw two really bad interceptions plus a bunch of other just anytime he dropped back who who knows where that ball was going um and then jack Hone came back in uh to lead the game-winning drive so and no drew pine who had been kind of their, yeah they, the guy they'd fallen back to. Later, you know.
1: <laughs> the coaching staff seems to not like him that much, apparently. Oh. We really do have zero quarterbacks, though. And and Brian Kelly was like, I don't want this to be flavor of the week. My flavor of the week is Jack Cohn, to be honest. He, we just need a, some quarterback to let our receivers make some plays, get the ball out on time, take the sack, Whatever. Don't try to run. You can't Jack run. Cohen will take the sack. He He'll will. take the sack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's maybe what he's best at. <laughs> the other concerning thing about Buckner is he's in his first year. He's already so injury prone. Like, what is, what is that going to look like for the rest of his career? He's had a hamstring injury. He just had, like, this week's, I didn't even check what it was, like an ankle injury or something, too. It's a little concerning as well. Just saying. I, I was telling Lucas, I know what it's like to be a tired, like, Notre Dame fan now. Every week's a freaking nail-biter and... <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yeah, i don't just, know <laughs> <laughs> exhausted at this point. And we're yeah. what halfway through the season. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, stay tuned to see who plays next week in Notre Dame's game. Three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks. I don't know who yeah. our fourth string is, but <laughs> probably enter the mix at some point. Um but anyway, moving on from college football, we got some NBA news this week, some some really fun NBA news. First of all, Kyrie is officially not playing or practicing for the Nets, they announced. He'd been, I think, practicing a little bit with them of mm-hmm. late, um and New York has a vaccine mandate such that he can't play in the Nets home arena. Um and officially now he's not gonna be practicing or playing until he gets vaccinated. So <clears throat> we'll see Kyrie. Your move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't expect yeah anything more or less from Kyrie. But <laughs> and our last yeah. bit of news, some news that Lucas is so very excited about. Um ben simmons reported to camp so sixers your season is saved you'll be going to the finals don't worry it's, it's all okay <laughs> but, i'm thrilled yeah. i've never been happier <laughs> <laughs> but anyway moving on to our first topic of the day i mentioned that we'd be coming back to bama's big loss and we're gonna be focusing on texas a&m the team that took them down uh, they won 41 to 38 in thrilling fashion um, Jimbo, as we mentioned, finally had that triumphant victory over Nick Saban. Wyatt, what do we make in what's now year four of the Jimbo <laughs> Fisher, Fisher era um, at Texas A&M?
3: We can make almost nothing out of what Jimbo Fisher did to beat in Alabama. If you even just go back to when he was hired in 2018, their records go 9-4, and 8-5, and 9-1, and one, and they're currently 4-2. and two. So if anything, this is the exclamation point or the uh, cherry on top to what is the roller coaster of Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M career. I get that he's the first former assistant, but they haven't even sniffed a national championship, so they might as well pop the champagne and hang up the trophies right now because this is as close as they've ever gotten to beating a national cha- or winning a national championship and uh, beating one of those teams. It's good. Uh, it's not great, and I wouldn't be surprised if Texas A&M still took a hard look in the mirror and decided that they aren't good enough. But overall, I, like I said, I think we can make nothing of it. Four years of Jimbo Fisher. This is the most that he has to show for it, And where, whereas other coaches of top programs uh, have, brought, have done what they've been brought in to do, which is at least make the playoffs or sniff the playoffs in like a top six finish. They didn't bring Jimbo Fisher in just to beat Alabama this one time. Right, He won a national championship in 2013-2014, and that's the expectation at Texas A&M right now. So it's a roller coaster, to say the least. And uh, it, it's it's almost, yeah, it's the, definitely the highest point, and we have maybe yet to see the lowest point of his career. It's a roller coaster.
2: Yeah, I think something to that is that the way people have treated this Alabama or this Texas and went over Alabama in sort of relation to Jimbo has, like, small school energy to me. Like, yes, beating Alabama is cool and good and great, and everybody's happy that it happened, and it doesn't happen that often. But it's taken on this, like, role, it seems like, of, like, wow, I can't believe, like, they did that. This is a high point. Like, and this shouldn't be what you're striving for. It doesn't make sense. Obviously, it should be beating Alabama. Being on top, but not when you're 3-2 and two and barely ranked in the top 25. Like, that shouldn't be the be all end all. Like that's the be all end all for a small school. Like if you're, I don't know, Tennessee at this point and mm. you beat Alabama, I think that's great for you. But if you're somebody in Texas Sam's position with Jimbo as your coach, this should be great. We got the work done. On to the next. But the way they've treated it has not been like that. It's been like this is our championship, essentially.
1: Let me let me come to Jimbo's defense just just a little bit. I, I, I uh what other team in the SEC West has really like made the like sniff the playoffs? Like Wyatt said, LSU has Auburn made well, it. I don't think Auburn. Yeah, that's it. That's LSU. That's that's really what I think is the reality for any team in the SEC West is is having a really like just one hit wonder sort of season. And when you, when you look at it, their schedule has determined how good they look. Like so, if you look at like 2019, where they went eight and five. They played the number one ranked team three different times. Like, of course you're going to go eight and five. You're going to have three losses on there probably, right? And then last year they looked good. They go nine and one because their only loss was to Bama, and they their only ranked win was Florida, uh, besides uh, the postseason. So their schedule they've really been victims of the schedule, and that's just what happens when you play in the SEC West. But I think the encouraging thing about this week is that they didn't have to play a perfect game to beat Bama. They do match up athletically, like. I think Jimbo's done a good job recruiting and they match up athletically with Bama. It's just like a matter of consistency and getting a little luck of the draw, which is why I think they're going to, the ceiling for this team is like that Joe Burrow LSU team or like a Georgia team. If they played in the sec East, I think we would say, yeah, the Jimbo Fisher experiment looks pretty good. He would have made a couple uh, championship games by now. Um, But like the encouraging thing is they had a blocked punt recovered, recovered for a touchdown in this game. Alabama did. Calzada threw an interception. They left a the guy literally wide open on the goal line uh, at the very end of the game to give Alabama a go-ahead score with, or to tie the game with five minutes left. They didn't even have to play their best game and they beat Bama. I think that's pretty encouraging. Um, that being said, the consistency of Bama, I don't see as something that they're going to <clears throat> match in the Jimbo Fisher era. So I'll come to Jimbo's defense just a little bit there.
2: I don't I never really liked the argument, though, of, like, well, if you play number th- like three number one teams, of course you're going to go eight and five. Like, You are, you're though. You're not
1: going to beat the number one you know, team every time. Neither Bama doesn't even.
2: No, but if you're hiring a coach to come in and win a national championship, you should expect to win those games. Like, Not all three.
1: You're is, not going to win all three.
2: Bama wins all three all the time. No, like, they, know if they, they don't. Go and be the, if they go and beat Clemson and they beat somebody in the SEC championship... Like, I just hate the argument of like, well, you shouldn't be good teams. Like, I don't know. I think if you are have hired a, a coach with the desire to win a national championship, you should expect to win those games. And I think, again, it gets back to your treating them with like a small school mentality of like, well, you know, they won't be good teams. I don't like that. If you hire someone to win a national championship, you should expect. And Look,
3: Jared, if they're trying to become the number one overall team in the country, they at least have to win one of those, uh, one of those three games against the number one overall team. Not, not this year. When I'm <laughs> referring to your eight and five season. They, they, he could have split them and gone two of one or one of two or something like that. Uh, I just don't look at this and consider this a breakthrough for the uh, Aggies. Hmm. Is this now the, harsh. the ascent of, um, You know Texas A&M, where they start to build a consistent program off of this, or is this just a one-time thing?
1: This is what Jimbo needs to do. He needs to get he needs to recruit a little bit better at the quarterback position. Kellen, I know people love Kellen Mon, but I really think he like held them back at Texas A&M. Calzada, maybe he's different, but he hasn't been particularly efficient this year. If he just gets like some sort of Texas A&M is capable of recruiting these these sorts of people too. They recruited Kyler Murray back in the day. Like they have that clout. I'll get into this a little bit later too, but with Texas, but um they're in the, the backyard of the best recruiting school. I think they should be able to get like a, a number a five star recruit QB guy. And then and then then once those chips are on the table, then I think we can blame Jimbo a little more harshly. But for now I don't know. I think it's encouraging. <laughs>
2: Using that to Mississippi State this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, it's consistency. Mississippi State this year. Yeah, it's consistency has
1: been the problem. But like, I don't know. Every other program in the SEC West is saying the same thing, other than LSU. And Edo, and look at where Edo's at now. You know.
3: Yeah. Six more years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that what his contract is? It's guaranteed. It's ten years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yikes. Um, But anyway, segueing, Jared kind of hinted at uh, Texas and the the Texas-Texas A&M rivalry to to get the best recruits in the state. We saw Texas blow a huge lead to Oklahoma this week. Um, Jared, at the moment, between Texas-Texas A&M, which program is in a better state at the moment?
1: I know I just defended Jimbo, but I'm going Texas. Uh, So Jimbo (laughs) Fisher is a more proven coach than Sark. I get that. But the tide is going to shift towards Texas. So, so A&M supposedly gains an advantage by playing in the SEC. That's going to be gone in the next couple classes. Like, A&M beat Texas uh, in recruiting the last two classes. I, obviously, some of that is part of the coaching transition, but I think the advantage is going away. Texas has a third-range class next year. A&M's ninth, you know, so not super far behind. But Texas, like, already in the Big 12 is pulling in top three classes. I think when they go into the SEC, they're going to be pulling in the same thing. Um, and, I, you know, say what you want about the second half. But Sark-, Sark is a really good play caller, especially in the first half of the OU game. They were so confused. They had no idea what to do OU's defense. So um, they-, they got some other weaknesses, like uh, poor, pretty poor protection in that game. Uh, they have really good athletes, but they do not know how to tackle at Texas. But I think like Texas is going to get better players, and they're going to be moving to the SEC, and that program is just going to be in a better state than AM.
2: if you have to say right now like today who do you think is whose program do you think is in a better state like not projecting down i think road. texas yeah you Think will texas yeah okay i think am has been more relevant recently than texas has been yeah. like they've had a heisman winner more recently they haven't won the title but you know last year they were decent in contention for texas hasn't been a legitimate contender probably in like 11 years at this point like colt mccoy's last year and well a&m hasn't like made the playoff or anything like that like they've had top 10 seasons um that he had when they had Johnny Manziel and then IKJ in the past few years so I think they're currently a more relevant program I think if you're projecting down the line I think Texas mm-hmm. is probably in a better state but I'd say right now it, A&M has been consistent for longer and been doing better
1: yeah but they've also had more coaching consistency they've had four years of Jimbo this is their first year of Sark right now Cause they, like, I don't know. Their losses or are like, to Arkansas, who's like pretty good, who we saw is like pretty good, and to uh, Oklahoma, who's undefeated, right? So, Man, I
0: don't know. and Oklahoma's They're a lot Arkansas better. Losses. We'll get be into this. Oklahoma's
1: more. a lot better with Caleb than Spencer Rattler, so it's a different story than those squeaky games earlier in the year. Okay,
0: <laughs> if Texas so far, and Texas A&M yeah,
1: yeah. play today, Texas wins that game. I'm calling
0: That's... it. <laughs> Depends how Texas a m <laughs> is feeling that day. Yeah, it does. Want to play. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Flavor of the week.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but yeah, transitioning to, we already mentioned that Texas blew a lead against Oklahoma. Um, they blew it because of Caleb Williams relieving Spencer Rattler in the second quarter while they were down, what, I think 18 points or something like that. And he led the Sooners to a pretty epic comeback to take down Texas. Lucas, is it clear that Caleb should be the starter now?
2: Resoundingly, yes. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'll start by looking at what Williams alone brings to the team. His game opens up the offense, and he's a much better runner than Rattler ever was. In his brief appearance, the last two and a half quarters, roughly, he had 88 rushing yards, and the proficiency running the ball helps in the pass game, too. It's a really small sample size, but in Rattler's first few starts this season Oklahoma was averaging 10.63 yards per completion, which was 108th in the nation. Really, really bad. When Williams came into the game, he averaged 13.25 yards per completion, which was good for 41st in the nation. So, I mean, again, very small sample size, but, you know, you jump from a bottom-dwelling passing offense to a top-half passing offense just in that game alone from Caleb Williams. And the team just seemed to be more alive once Williams entered the game. There's always something to be said about, I think, like, vibes and momentum. And he seems to have that. The team and the fan base are on his side. Like, throughout all early this year, the the fans were chanting for Caleb Williams. And they got him. And he delivered. And I just don't know how you come back against that. Um, and I know it's hard to judge a guy based off one instance when he just got pulled. But, like, in terms of, like, team chemistry thing, looks... Um, when Williams scored his 66-yard rushing touchdown, either Rattler didn't celebrate with his teammates or his teammates didn't celebrate with him, and neither is a good option. So it either means he has a bad attitude about what's going on, which, again, is tough. Like, the fans have not been kind to him this season. They got pulled, and his backup clearly looked better. So there's that. Or his teammates are like, yeah, we're just for this new guy. That's also not a good option. Um, So overall, I think Williams is the right decision. Uh, quoting john hoover on all sooners fn uh coaches have to make big boy decisions sometimes <laughs> bench to start a quarterback to win a national championship you look back a uh, clemson didn't benching kelly bryant for trevor lawrence mid-2018 they won a championship alabama didn't benching jalen hurts for tua in the 2017 uh championship game and i think it might be time for oklahoma to do the same
1: yeah, I also agree that Caleb should be the starter. First off, OU fans are the freaking worst. They, they, you can literally, literally <laughs> hear them chanting like on the broadcast, "F you, Rattler." Yeah. I was like, that's terrible. Uh, and also, like backup quarterbacks are always the fans' like savior because you have no idea what they look like, so they're like, "Oh my gosh, this." If we had this backup quarterback, we said that about Buckner, and now and now everybody's like, "Oh, man, Buckner can't throw the ball, whatever." But that being said, yeah, Rattler was probably going to be the reason they lost the game if he stayed in with two turnovers so early. <laughs> and all, all like Rattler had to do is what Caleb Caleb Williams did was just throw the ball up to those receivers and they're going to make a play. Like you could say like an observer that game could say he was lucky by just giving his receivers a chance to make a play on the ball and they always did like every play. I swear if it was 50-50 it went Oklahoma's way or it was a PI. That's all you have to do in in college football and with OU OU's receivers like Mims, Beast, and then also Lincoln Riley Great pay, play caller in the second half. Receivers were wide open. I was like, he definitely, like, impressed me. You know, not that he has to impress some couch potato, but, you know, that was, it was very impressive to watch.
3: <laughs> Jared, three names for you. Yeah? Kyler Murray, Baker yep. Mayfield, and Jalen Hurts. If an Oklahoma fan knows one thing, they know who a good starting quarterback is. <laughs> <laughs> So for them to chant, they're spoiled. I mean, maybe for them to chant and to say that they want Caleb Williams, they're, they're probably one of the best scouting departments in the uh, entire college football, just by as a fan base goes. They know what they like, and they can see, you know, when somebody's holding them back. Lucas, yeah. you brought up Tua and Jalen earlier, and the difference between Rattler and between Tua and Jalen, and let's say Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. When, this, when the 49ers were going to the Super Bowl, they cut to the 49ers locker room. Alex Smith was in the group right next to Colin Kaepernick cheering him on. He's just happy for the guy. He's a good teammate. He's happy for the guy. Same with Jalen Hurts. When they won, Jalen Hurts, same thing, with everybody and celebrating with Tua. There's a clear energy shift in the Oklahoma locker room and on the Oklahoma sidelines with Spencer Rattler out of the picture and putting Caleb Williams in. And I'm not just going to sit here and drag the guy, but if you watch the Netflix series, the QB1 Netflix series, (laughs) he looks just like a terrible teammate, a really bad person. And as far as a football player goes, he is dropped from Heisman favorite first round or first number one overall pick to maybe being a guy that drops outside of the first or maybe third round. I, I, he looks oh, wow. Like, no, I'm serious. I That's a big heard drop. other podcasts that mentioned that he might be an undrafted free agent. What? the kind of overall <laughs> attitude around Rattler. Wow. I mean, he, he right now is not presenting himself in a good light. And you can just feel it by the way that Oklahoma rallied around Caleb Williams, like everyone said. It's, he, I, I think he was named the starter, but he, uh,
1: I don't think Lincoln Riley's committed to anybody yet, well, as TCU far as I can tell. Well, definitely
3: committed to Caleb Williams because they said that they're <laughs> planning to to play against uh, Williams instead of Rattler.
1: But well, like so what said, what did Rattler do in terms of being a bat? Was he not celebrating with teammates? I didn't see that. No.
3: Jared, you did see that cuz I sent you a video. You're full you're full you're full. <laughs> that basketball. was like after that was
1: <laughs> after the game. He was walking to the locker room.
3: Yeah, by himself while everybody else was celebrating, but he, he just it's clear that he's not a team player. He's a me guy.
1: Wow. I don't know him. Yeah. I don't know the guy. He should he should transfer though just to improve his draft stock. Not only to improve his draft stock, but yeah, to literally did, improve his skills so he's ready for the NFL. Yeah, yeah like when you see how much years uh, when you see how much this rookie class is struggling and all of them uh, like three of them probably were more talented prospects than him, uh that's that's uh, pretty concerning. Like when you look at like Justin Fields and like who's who is a better prospect probably than Rattler, I think a lot of people would say obviously Trevor Lawrence. It's kind of concerning.
0: Jared, where is he going? He going Pac-12. He's college. going to the Pac-12. Yeah, I know.
1: He's going to the Pac-12. I think, I think Oregon. Go Air-
0: no, no. Arizona or Arizona
2: State. He's from he's Arizona. He's not
1: going to Arizona. They, they're Texas. terrible. Nope. <laughs> Arizona. I would take I would take him if I was at Texas A&M. I would take him.
2: Notre Dame needs a quarterback. We kind of
1: do. I actually think he's going to go Pac-12, though.
2: Yeah, I'll put it in my money right now for Arizona State. On the rise, Herm Edwards' his home state. Yeah. That's, a good, yeah, that's a good pick.
1: Yeah, that's a good pick.
0: You've heard it here first. That's where Spencer is <laughs> heading. Um, I know Arizona State is eagerly awaiting Spencer. So, um, their fans will maybe be nice to him. We'll see. Um, but moving on to our, our last topic for the episode. Another big game this week. We had Iowa beating uh, number three Iowa. Is that true? Beating number four Penn State. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it was and now number two, Iowa. Oof, Iowa is, is on the rise, as Lucas would love to tell you. Uh, but they were down in the first half, or for the first um, for the first bit, and then uh, Penn State's quarterback went down. Iowa kind of rallied and played their their defensive based um, game and and beat Penn State. Jared, is it time to take Iowa seriously as a team that can make the playoff? one and two could they win a playoff game even
1: lucas the answer is a resounding no yes. look they were they were losing 17 to 3 before sean clifford got hurt and even though i was leading the nation in uh, takeaways they they didn't really capitalize on points during the game at least when clifford was in then then clifford gets hurt and you bring in roberson and Penn State literally can't even snap the ball for three plays. So, like, I'll, I'll definitely give credit to Iowa's crowd. There were multiple plays where it seemed like nobody could hear the rest whistle. It was pretty. It was fun to watch. But Iowa's offense got rolling because they won the field position game because Roberson was doing nothing. He's uh, he's arguably not even arguably. He's he's probably worse than Graham Mertz to be honest. That big style, that Big Ten style of football, I don't think would work in the playoffs. And I don't know if it's going to work against a team like Ohio State if they meet in the championship game. So. It's just a limited offense. I don't think they're the second best team in the nation. And, um, yeah, that's really all I have to say there.
2: Jared hates blue collars. That's all I have to say I mean, come on. like You come can't on. just be down on them because...
1: Because I gave valid reasons?
2: <laughs> no, I mean, the defense played incredible the entire game. Um, I think that that'll translate to anybody who they play. You say the Big Ten style won't work in the offense. Ohio State won a national championship playing the Big Style, Big Ten style in 2015. It's been a few years. But, Did you see their you offense,
1: know. though? Did you watch Iowa's offense? You can't tell me that's the same thing that Ohio State put on the field in
2: 2015. Sometimes you have an off game, you know? That was an, that was an off I know game? I know.
0: all year. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know, but
2: their punter is great. You talk about the yeah, winning the field yeah. position yeah. battle yeah. only because Roberson is bad. Truly, the punter is the MVP of Iowa's team. The way that they consistently get really great field position is unmatched. And is some of this just my own pride in liking Iowa? Yes, but I think you are sleeping on Iowa. You say people sleep on the Pac-12 because they're on the West Coast. People sleep on Iowa because it's Iowa. Yeah, that's true. They have an excellent defense. They have excellent special teams, and their offense is not great, but I think it is competent. And not only that, they have the clearest path to the playoff, aside from maybe anybody but Cincinnati at this point, but I think they probably do have the clearest path to the playoff. They play no-ranked teams the rest of the year. They just play the Big Ten West. They're not going to lose to Northwestern or Minnesota (laughs) or Nebraska or the like. Um, And then it'll just literally come down to beating whoever wins the Big Ten East, which God knows who that's going to be at this point. There's so many good I teams know. in the Big Tens <laughs> okay, okay, why? God oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think in terms of like making the playoffs, they a fair good shot. It just comes down to whether they can beat probably Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game in a few in a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And I think on their day they could do it. Yeah. I'm not going to say they're the favorite, but I think on their day the defense plays well. Ohio State makes some mistakes. They could beat them.
1: Could you see them winning a playoff game against, say, Georgia, Bama, or Cincy?
2: I mean, (laughs) (laughs) probably not, but you never know. Uh, Crazier things have happened. Okay. So, That's a level-headed take. I think they they put up a good fight against Cincy. I still might take Cincy, but...
1: Yeah. I think they could beat Cincy. I'll give them that credit. I think they could potentially beat Cincy.
2: But, yeah, we'll see. I think if you're talking about making the playoff, though, I'd say they're probably the favorite in the Big Ten right now. Mm. Just because you never know what can happen with Ohio State maybe slips up or something, and then they're literally out of it. Yeah. I don't know if like Michigan and Michigan State are both undefeated, but I don't know how good either of them actually are. And Michigan like,
1: maybe. I don't know. Michigan State's yeah. been
2: winning pretty ugly, though. I mean, Michigan had an yeah. ugly win, too, but...
1: Yeah. Generally, I think they've looked better.
2: Yeah, and Penn State—they already beat them once, so like, yeah, and you notice how long Clifford's out for and all that. Yeah, exactly. yeah.
0: If Iowa loses in the Big Ten championship, could they make the playoff? Nope, they're out. No.
1: They they are getting a lot of respect nationally. Like second AP is crazy. I I don't think though. Yeah, they'd have a pretty good. They'd have a pretty good yeah. win against Penn State.
0: I don't know. I don't think they would, yeah. though. No. Depends what everything else looks like at that point. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. I could see it. Has a, I don't it's, think a one-loss
1: yeah. non-championship winner has come... It's only been Alabama, right? That's the only time. A one-loss non-champion. Mm, and Notre I Dame. I think
2: a Big Ten team sneaks in every so often. Like, I think Ohio State has made it with one loss before.
1: Yeah, but they were the champion, they, probably, yeah. weren't they?
2: Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I misunderstood.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, actually, it, just kidding. 2016-17, Ohio State made it. As a one-loss non-champion.
0: Who was the champion?
1: Um, Penn State, I think. And yeah, it was, Penn, it. it was Penn State, and they didn't make it because they had two losses. Ah, and then Notre Dame, I guess, is the other one. Yeah. Notre Dame, Bama, and Ohio State. So there you go, Wyatt. Good company <clears throat> for Ohio Great State. company. <laughs>
0: yeah. It is pretty crazy how bad <clears throat> the Big Ten West is compared to the Big Ten East, at least yeah. this year in particular. I mean no team. Most years. I mean, is there what years, are the like yeah. relevant but programs bro, in the West it was right no now? Wisconsin's good and Minnesota have ten. been good at certain it points. Not. Yeah, 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 Minnesota.
1: Yeah, true. The yeah.
3: Big Ten is strength all the way through. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah tell Rutgers, that tell why? that to even Illinois. Rutgers, yeah. Yeah.
3: Illinois would beat the <laughs> brakes of t- any t- other team. I don't guarantee.
0: <laughs> why to close so out we're going to go for your prediction for who's going to take the Big Ten East?
3: uh hold on <laughs>
0: check time. your notes yes.
3: yeah let me look it up um oh my goodness oh, Ohio State easy pick <laughs> what did I say because D. we oh, play we play Penn next right or no we play sorry I gotta I hate to admit this I don't have the full schedule memorized you, you play we, play, <laughs> we play Indiana and then we play Penn and then we're going to beat the breaks mm-hmm. off of Michigan. <laughs> and Michigan State, excuse me. But I have no beef with Michigan State. Okay. Ohio State. They win all three of their next ranked games by double digits. Every single one of them. From, pe- B- from Are you booking Penn, that? Yes, Book I'm booking oh. it. From Penn to Michigan right, cool. to Michigan or Michigan State. All of them. Michigan, what I said about Michigan, it was 15 plus.
1: You said like 15.
3: You might have bumped bump it, it up, up to 20. Bump it to 20. It to 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> okay. I like it, and then ask yeah. me again.
2: Yeah, we'll see. I would love to see them all cannibalize each other, like Michigan State and Ohio State, and Michigan and Penn State. And then there's just like a, a two loss team against undefeated Iowa. and Nobody <laughs> from the Big Ten makes the playoff. I don't want that to happen because I want to see you know Iowa make it. But I because. think Iowa's I just want to see Bama before... miss. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that's fair. I honestly think I'd see the SEC lose though up. before the Big Ten championship. I know they're not playing anyone important, but they've still got what? They've got six games until then. I don't think they're good enough to to not lose to someone there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's even more
1: disrespect than I have for them. I'm going to call the upset alert. I'm not
0: not convinced.
3: The bluest of blue collars in the Big Ten West, Northwestern.
1: Are they? Are they the, are they the okay. blue? That's not the blue. That's city. a city. There's like a city campus, is it not? Yeah, they're pretty blue
3: collar. in Chicago. Are you right?
2: saying they're not blue collar people in the city? No, not not the really. It's mostly the in city. the, slums. <laughs> the city,
3: city.
1: The city is financial. City is financial. White collar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's true. Well, <laughs> the
1: downtown. It's, it's not in downtown. Though, Northwestern. It's in like Evanston or something, right?
2: Like, you're telling me Chicago is not a blue collar city? Chicago? No, it's like, not. Definitely. No. There's yes,
1: much more blue collar
2: yes, cities. Detroit? Are, yeah, I
0: feel like there are other teams in the Big <laughs> Ten <time laughs> West or whatnot who are more blue collar. I agree with you. Do cold? you think New York?
1: You probably think New York is blue collar, don't you, Lucas? <laughs>
0: Not as much as Chicago. Oh my
1: gosh, no
2: way. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago's like an elite top four blue-collar <laughs> <laughs> city.
1: What, what are the other blue-collar <laughs> it... cities in the U.S.? <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland Detroit, Detroit.
0: Detroit. I feel like Chicago's distinct from those.
1: Yeah, it's I way different. It's, it's not, the second it's, biggest
0: city in the nation. Just because it's in the Midwest. It's not. Vegas it's the third it biggest city. Third biggest city the behind ball. all of <laughs> <middle-collar.
2: laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, it's like the meat. The, up in Sinclair's the jungle, the meatpacking industry. I don't know, mm, <laughs> blue collar. Yeah, like
0: Eighty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think of anyway. like
1: Sears, the banks, John Hancock, whatever it's
2: called, all that stuff. I think of financial. I just think of financial. Yeah. Think of finance, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Any city has that, you know. Anyway, I also want to throw out Nebraska as a team that they might lose to to get yeah. back to the actual. No, topic. I agree. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I like talking about
1: blue collar cities.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. Okay. No, but I think Nebraska is off track. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean Nebraska so
2: like has found some like is so close to being undefeated and yet is <laughs> three and four. It's very Nebraska, <laughs> like it? No, I mean it's they, a played, they and... lost to
0: who? Oklahoma, Michigan, and Michigan yeah. State all by one possession. Like yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Tell that to Illinois, control, though. Like, yeah, top, top fifteen at this point. So.
1: tell yeah. that to Week Zero Champs Illinois.
0: <laughs> I'm I will. Northwest. They lost schedule. Illinois by one possession.
3: <laughs> and I, yeah. I retract my statement. They got the brakes beaten off of them by, by <laughs> So I'm going to retract my statement. Oh my I'm looking at the Wisconsin schedule now. I'm way off base. I'm so alert <laughs> <a plan>. Minnesota <laughs>
1: Minnesota the team that lost to Bowling Green when they were 30 and a half point favorites <laughs> 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 no, I'm just <laughs> that <laughs> Minnesota, Minnesota team uh, <laughs> uh, Minnesota, PJ Fleck great always has a uh, pull out something out of his, his
3: hat the bluest of blue collars Minnesota
2: <laughs> yeah Okay. <laughs> well blue collar white collar we love you all thank you for turning <laughs> in and listening we do love you more if you're yeah, but, dark blue yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> you can move to jared's white collar city of chicago if you want to and listen to our podcast there or anywhere else in the country we're on soundcloud we're on spotify we're on apple podcasts and follow our social media on twitter on instagram and on tiktok we're most active on instagram so it's probably best to follow us there thanks for listening and we'll see you next week